Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Matthew 20. Entitlement. There are probably very few things that you enjoy less in other people than a sense of entitlement. And of course, by using that word entitlement, there's a variety of meanings for that word. And some of them really come back to our our rights and, and things that we would rightfully deserve. But a more prevalent way that word is used is really the belief that somebody is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. And when you see that in other people, I guarantee you, you do not like it. You don't like it at home uh, when someone there is acting like they deserve better than anyone else or special treatment. You don't like it at work. Uh, you, you don't like it uh, in line at a restaurant or anywhere you might be. When someone else walks in and acts like, well, I'm special, I deserve more, uh, nobody likes that. But it's one of those things that it's a lot easier to see entitlement in others than it is in ourselves. And as we come to Matthew chapter 20 today, I want you to keep your eye out in this text and really in your own soul for any sense of entitlement. And kind of the big picture I want you to see from this chapter is that entitlement has no place in the Christian life. The idea that I deserve privileges or special treatment has no place in the Christian life. Let's biblically look at why as we dig in now to Matthew chapter 20. And as we look at this passage, it flows right out of this story of um, the rich young ruler and even Jesus affirming the disciples that they will be rewarded. But he ends that at the very last verse of Matthew 19 by saying, but many who are first will be last and the last first. And then he goes on to tell this story about, uh, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house and he goes out and he hires laborers and he agrees with them for a denarius, which was the general currency that was a day's wage. And then he comes back in the third hour and sees others and he hires them. And then he hires others in the sixth hour and the ninth hour and the 11th hour. So he goes back all day and hires more guys to come and work in his vineyard. And so when he comes, he starts to pay. He starts with those who only worked for one hour and he gives them a denarius, a whole day's wage. And then verse 10, when those who hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I chose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. So as you consider this um, 
parable, we need to think through a few things. I mean, just consider uh, those that are saved from an early age uh, versus the thief on the cross or someone that is, is saved in a deathbed confession. They're all going to heaven. Um, or, or think in the context again of the gospel of Matthew, think, you know, there's those, the Pharisees who are really hypocrites. You've got the disciples who are faithfully following Jesus, but then you have the, the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the sinners, right? That, that they are getting this mercy. And you see how this story might fit. Now, as we look at the whole of scripture, I don't think the point of this story is saying that there are no degrees of reward at all in heaven. I mean, Jesus himself just told the disciples they would sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. I don't think everybody in heaven is doing specifically that, but he is going hard at that entitlement of, well, hey, look at what we've done. We deserve this or we deserve more. And I do think one commentator uh, sees this parable as somewhat of a corrective to uh, the disciples at the end of the story of the rich young ruler basically saying, hey, what about us? And I think there's something to that. And also, I want to highlight to you uh, what is the, the cause of these people being uh, rewarded in that way. It is generosity. And, and that's something I think we all need to think of in our own Christian life. Hey, if you were saved at an early age and you're looking at somebody that lived a rotten life and they're next to you in heaven, guess what? The reason you're both there is the generosity of God. And even the reason you were saved at an early age was the generosity of God. And we need to realize we don't earn anything in this Christian life, even the rewards that God gives. We can't say, well, you owe them to me. No, it is all the generosity of God. And when you look around at everything in your life, and not just material blessings, but you even look at the spiritual blessings and you say, that's not me. That's the generosity of God. You will kill entitlement in your heart and in your life. And we're going to see in the middle of this passage, a contrast standing before this pair, after this parable and before what comes next, the example of Jesus Christ. And what's amazing about Jesus's example is we act like we deserve special treatment when we don't. Jesus did. He did deserve special treatment, but that is not what he got. And he tells his disciples again now for a third time that he is going up to Jerusalem, that the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, that they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. So he tells again of his suffering. And that, I think, is meant to stand in very stark contrast to what follows this story of the mother of the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, coming up and she asks for her sons, say to them, sit at your right hand and one on your left. She's asking for the highest positions of glory for her sons in the kingdom. And uh, you're going to see later when the other 10 heard this, they were indignant at the two brothers. Why? Because nobody likes entitlement. No one likes seeing someone else saying, hey, Jesus, we really deserve the highest positions of honor. They don't like that, but the problem is they're probably feeling the same way. 
And there's some things to note here about what Jesus says in response. He says, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And that's really Jesus referring to his suffering and the cup that he will drink of suffering. And they say we are able. And I don't think he really, they really understand the depths of what he is going to do. And Jesus says, you will drink my cup. These two brothers did go on to suffer for the sake of Christ. Um, but he's saying that that's not mine to give. And then he corrects all of the disciples because the other disciples are indignant because no one likes entitlement, but probably if we're being honest, because they didn't think of this first. And Jesus calls them and says to them, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be as your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so, as you think through this, and you think through Jesus' teaching there on service, and you think of this idea of entitlement, I want you to walk through your life and ask yourself, in each of the main spheres of your life, in those, do you look around at the things in that sphere of your life saying, I've earned this, I deserve this, or do you view it as the generosity of God? And then in each of those spheres, do you show up saying, I deserve service from others? Or do you show up saying, I am here to serve? Let's, let's start at home. I mean, do you even, maybe you own a home. Do you look around saying, man, I've worked really hard for this. Look at how my hard work has paid off. Well, and there may be some truth to, hey, diligence does lead to blessings, But do you look at that and say, this is the generosity of God? Because even that ability to work hard, that came from God. And I'm grateful for this. And maybe you're not even a homeowner. And maybe you're you're bitter about that and tempted or tempted to be. Well, man, I I wish I could afford to own a house, but I'm stuck renting whatever. Are you going to be upset about that because you feel entitled to something more? Are you going to say, God has given me a place to, to rest my head every night. He's given me shelter and I am thankful for the generosity of God. And then whoever is living at that house with you, do you show up ready to serve them? Fathers, are you walking around like you're the king of the castle and everyone needs to uh, just come and serve you all day? Or do you feel entitled when you get home from work because you are working so hard to provide for the family? Or do you show up saying, how can I serve? How can I help? Moms, if you are doing so much at home, do you get to a point where you start growing bitter about that and lamenting your station in life? Or do you look around even at the work that God has provided for you through a family as the generosity of God? What about work? Do you show up to work feeling, well, I'm entitled to a better job or or better pay? Or do you show up ready to work hard. And do you walk in, even if you are the boss, like everyone uh, should be doing everything they can to make your life easier? Or do you show up doing your best to serve the people around you? 
And think about church, uh, both in maybe the spheres of fellowship and service. Even as you fellowship with other Christians, are you more interested in what they can give you or what you can give them? And when it comes to service, do you feel entitled to, to do more or to have a more important position? Or do you view anything you get to do um, at, at church as a gift, as something that God has generously given you? However you serve your church, whether you're in kids ministry or whether you're a pastor or whether you're on the worship team or the greeting team, whenever you go to do that next, I want you to just remind yourself, I don't deserve this. That Whatever service you get to do for the Lord, that is a gift from God. And we need to never forget that. We need to never get entitled and we need to fight against that in our heart. Everything we have is due to the generosity of God, and we are called to serve others and to lay down our lives for others after the pattern of Jesus Christ. And so we all have a lot to chew on from this today, but the passage ends with this story of blind men. And again, you see this generosity of God. And you see these men totally dependent on Jesus for mercy. They cry out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And when the crowd rebukes them, they cry out all the more. And it says in verse 34, the last verse, and Jesus in pity touched their eyes and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Everything we have is due to that same compassion, that same generosity of Jesus Christ. Let's be grateful, not entitled. Let's go out and seek to serve and not merely be served based on the example we have in Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.